Revelation. How's that? We'll start. Our first verse will be in Genesis, and our last verse will be about in Revelation. But hopefully, we won't go forever in a day. Oh. How many of you have ever uh, been somewhere where it was dark, and uh, you stubbed your toe because you couldn't see something, or you made a decision you know, thinking you ought to do this, but it was dark? Anybody ever had any of those experiences? It's just kind of hard to navigate in the dark. I heard the story back before the days of electricity. There was a, a tight-fisted old farmer that was taking his hired hand to task because every time that hired hand would go and uh, call on his girlfriend, he would take a lantern and put oil in the lantern and you know and walk through it and kind of that old farmer didn't like that. It, you know, that oil costs money. And so he looked at that um, that young man. He said, "You know, when I went according, I never carried one of them things. I always went in the dark." man looked back at his employer and said yeah and look what you got <clears throat> Genesis chapter 1 we'll move on to the spiritual stuff uh, Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 if you didn't get it just ask somebody after church and they'll help you out Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 says simply this God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep, or darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the waters, and God said, Let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from darkness. I don't know what your thought or what your mind is when it comes to the creation. And I know there's uh, some various schools of thought, but I would propose to you tonight that absent creation, if you don't have creation, all you have is darkness and formless voids. You have nothing there, and it was to that scene that God stepped onto the abyss of nothing, stepped to the edge of the heaven that He exists and spoke, and His voice and His creative power banished the darkness. In one timeless moment, in one spoken word or phrase, God defeated darkness. And, and I believe that that, at the very beginning of the Bible, is indicative of what happens for the rest of the Bible and for the rest of mankind's existence. That God is still uh, uh, defeating the darkness. That darkness exists, it does. It, it hides in shadows. It hides in the wicked hearts of man. Darkness is always waiting for that opportunity to pop out and, and claim some, some of its, its uh, uh, old kingdom, if you will. And I, I realize I'm personifying darkness, but darkness, that right now there's not a lot of darkness, but all it would take is to flip the lights off and instantly darkness reclaims this sanctuary. The common theme in the Bible, in fact, uh, because of that, it becomes the common theme in books and literature and comes a common theme in, in, in movies and, and entertainment and this war between light and darkness. For those of you that are big Star Wars fans, that's the central part of that, light and darkness. But that is not just something that somebody wrote about. It's a very real thing. It's the struggle between God's righteousness and sin's darkness. If you'll give me just a little bit of time, and, and I honestly, I don't know that any of you are going to come to me after the service and say, Pastor, I've never heard that before. 
I just want to kind of put all the pieces together and remind you how light and darkness compare and how they interact in the world that you and I are in. There is a war between the light of God and the darkness of sin, the darkness of Satan and the darkness of our heart. In, in the very beginning, darkness began to make an onslaught, an attack on humanity. It's, it's Adam and Eve's sin in the garden in which darkness enters into humanity's heart and we are still feeling those effects today. It's Cain and Abel where another onslaught of humanity's generations where in a fit of rage, in a fit of jealousy, a rock is bashed up against the head of a brother and, and blood is spilled and then left out in the, in the, in the, the field hoping no one finds out about it, but God sees all. It's Noah, and I'm going to read a lot of Bible verses just to kind of connect it all together. It's Noah in Genesis chapter 6. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that the imaginations of the heart was on evil continually. It repented the Lord that he made man on earth. Not that God made a mistake. That's not what that word repent means. God doesn't need to repent the way you and I repent. But what it means is God kind of was aggravated and he said, I maybe shouldn't have never made them. And they wouldn't be in this strait today. So the Lord said, I'll destroy the man in whom I'm created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and creeping thing and fowls of the air. And it repenteth me that I made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. If I could put it together, I would tell you today that storms seemingly are always synonymous with darkness. You ever been in a, outside or in a building, and, a, and a, I'm talking about a real storm comes in, and all of a sudden it gets dark outside. I'm talking about real dark outside. And, and the sky turns weird colors, and the clouds start moving in you know, multiple directions at one time. I've been in those areas where it just seems like the lights went out. And, and, and the understanding is the sun is still shining. It's just obscured by the darkness of the storm. And, and it's interesting that when Noah and his family emerged from the storm and they walk out of that, that ark, what happens? A rainbow appears. Not to get all scientific, but do you know how a rainbow is created? Light is shown through the the, the, the raindrops and the moisture in the air and it causes a prismen, prism effect that, that scatters the light into the spectrum of color that you and I see. And so it is that rainbows appear when light pierces through the rain and the clouds and illuminates those droplets. It, it was almost as if God said, I know darkness is what caused the flood, if you will. I had to do it because of the darkness of the earth. But he says, but there's hope. The light will shine. The light's still going to be there. In the Exodus and the plagues, in Exodus chapter 10, and, and you can begin to, to uh, uh, look, you, you can see in Exodus chapter 10 that you know the Lord turned a mighty strong west wind. It took away the locusts. It cast them in the Red Sea. There remained not one locust in all the coast of Egypt. This is one of the plagues. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. He wouldn't let the children of Israel go. And so the next plague is this. And the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out thine hand uh, toward heaven that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even a darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in all of the land of Egypt for three days. I, I, I've heard it said that it was, it was a darkness that you could put your hand in front of your face and not see it. 
It was a darkness that was more than just the absence of light. It was oppressive, and because of that, it was almost as if you could reach out and grab a hold of it. It was dark. It wasn't twilight. It wasn't, you know, a little bit of light. It was dark. But watch what happens in verse 23. They saw not one another, neither arose any from his place for three days, but all of the children of Israel had light on their dwelling. Again, I, I believe that the Bible is full of, of symbolism. And not that, that I'm going to try to take it too far, because I think we also need to make sure we don't make the Bible some mystic, uh, cryptic puzzle that you've got you, you've to decode. The Bible's pretty simple. Just, just read it at face value. But I find it very interesting. In the story of, of the Exodus, with God, there was light. If you weren't with God, there was darkness. Israel had light. Egypt had darkness. That, that is played out again. Exodus 13, the Lord goes before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way, and by night a pillar of fire. And it said that it, that pillar of fire was to give them light to go by day and by night. Again, it was one more way that Jesus was, that everything was pointing towards Jesus coming, that in a dark world, in a world of uncertainty, there is a light. You could, you could keep walking through the Old Testament, but John chapter 3 and verse 16 begins to point that into this darkened, sin-soaked world, light came. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. That he that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. Now, I, I want to I stop and... and Try to try to say and, and explain this because I was looking at this a little bit. Huh. It, it, it says that Jesus is not here to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That is not to paint Jesus in this loving, kind, benevolent light that says you can do whatever you want to do and I'm not going to judge you. The point is this. Jesus' entrance into this world was not coming to judge this world, but to give a world that by their sin has already been judged and out. If you, now I, I, I understand in, in today's uh, uh, legal terms, we're innocent until proven guilty. I get that. Okay, I understand that. And there, we, we, we see it, there are times in which someone... Is, is falsely accused there's times that someone uh, you know by the time the whole story gets out they're not they, they didn't do it I, I get all of that but watch this when you get a, a, a speeding ticket you're guilty don't look at me and say well his, his radar was broke don't no we're guilty very few of us can ever use the excuse of you know your, your, your radar didn't work we're guilty. We hold that. That paper, in a sense, already says you're guilty. When you go to the judge, the judge is simply passing judgment upon what has already been stated. And so it is that in our lives, our sin judges us. 
If we sin, we come short of the glory of God. If we sin, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. Just because I have not yet stood before the throne of judgment in heaven doesn't mean that I'm not guilty. All have sinned. And so when we stand before that judgment throne, it is simply going to pass the consequence of what our sins have already judged us on. Does that make sense? But Jesus came for one purpose. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He came to find someone that would listen and accept and hear the word of God and respond and receive that salvation. And so watch what it says. It says, that, that he that believeth on, or, or let's look at verse 19, and this is the condemnation. So this is what has already judged humanity. That light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. That the answer was right there, but they liked the darkness they were in. And they were unwilling to accept the light. That's like crying and arguing and fighting over the fact you kept stubbing your toe, but yet you just didn't want to turn the light on. It's there. Everything you need's right there, but you're you're too stubborn to accept it. Bible in verse 20 of John chapter 3, for everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be approved. Why? Because there's a guilt. There's a condemnation. They don't want to come to the light because what is the light going to do? The light is going to shine and it's going to show that you're a sinner. And and in a a warped mentality, if you don't let the light of Jesus shine in your life, then you haven't sinned because you don't see your sin, right? That's the warped. It's kind of like someone that says, if I don't go to the doctor, they'll never, never tell me I'm sick. I mean, think about that for a minute. If I don't go to the doctor, they'll never give me that horrible diagnosis. Yeah, but you, you realize that you got sores all over your face and your skin is falling off and your hair is falling out and your teeth are falling out. You're sick. Nope, no one's ever told me I'm sick. But you're sick. Nope, no one's ever told me I'm okay. Mankind, you're a sinner. How do you know? No one's ever shown me. Because you're a sinner. Well, but I've never let Jesus shine his light. But in verse 21, he that does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be manifest that they are wrought in God. It's John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And in him was life. Talking about Jesus. And that life was the light of men. And the light shone in the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John who came to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. John was not that light but was sent to bear witness of the light. That is the true light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And then Jesus, just in case you were wondering if we're talking about Jesus, Jesus follows it up in John chapter 8. The the writer of John uses the light analogy a lot in his writings. It's one of the main themes that John has. 
But Jesus spake unto them, saying, this is John 8, 12. And Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. He repeated that same phrase in John chapter 12, verse 46. I have come a light into the world, that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Motel 6, Tom, uh, uh, what's, who? Yeah, Tom Bodette, thank you. You know, he always said, I'll leave the light on for you. He's not the first one that did it. Jesus said, I've come to turn the light on. I've come to say, you know what, I'm tired of you stumbling around, stubbing your toe and hitting this. I've come to illuminate the situation. I've come to shine the light, turn the light on, and, and I have come to be that light. Again, I've told you the Bible, there's a lot of incredible symbolism in the Bible. And again, not trying to make it cryptic. I hope you understand that. Jesus is on the cross, and, and, and there they are. They're hanging there. The thieves also the Bible says in Matthew chapter 27 and verse 45, Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land until the ninth hour. Symbolically, that when Christ died, at least for a moment, just to kind of, to me it's just kind of to prove the point. Christ said, I came to be the light. And now you're killing me, so I'm going to symbolically take the light away for just a moment just to show you what you're missing. Now, we know there was a greater story behind that. We understand that that, that was just kind of a brief moment because that light shone so bright later as the resurrection came. In fact, that's what the Bible says. When the stone was rolled away, a great light came out, and it was a great light in so much that it knocked an entire squad of soldiers on their back and knocked them out. Light was there. But Jesus said in John chapter 12, he said unto them, Yet a little while, while the light is with you, walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goes. And while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of the light. Why? Because you and I have been called, been tasked, that we, Bible says... You are the light of the world. Now, wait, wait, wait. What do you mean? I thought, Jesus, you said you are the light of the world. Yes. And now you're saying I'm the light of the world? Yes. Because he says walk with the light and believe in the light that you may be children of the light. Paul was knocked off of his, his, his horse Here's the voice, and he says, Who art thou? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise, stand on your feet, for I have appeared to thee for this purpose. I've come to make you a minister and a witness, both to the things which you've seen and of those things of which I will appear unto thee. I, you're you're going to deliver thee from the people and from the Gentiles upon whom I will now send thee. And you'll open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Hey, Paul, I'm going to use you to turn them from darkness and turn them into light. We've called to be the light. The problem is there's a war that rages. 
that even though we know and we understand, we know that Jesus is the light, we ought to have an understanding and a knowledge that you and I are now called to be the light. And, and, and it, 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 you can look at it two different ways. You can look at it that we reflect his glory, and I think there's truth in that. But I think it's more than just a reflection. The Bible says that he is now in us. It's more than just a moon that, that shines a light, but it has no light if you will. It's just a reflection. That's not merely who you and I are. In Christ Jesus and through the infilling of his spirit, we become the light. Why? Because Jesus is in us. But that war between light and darkness rages on. Romans chapter 13 and verse 12, the night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envy. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Again, uh, this is a little bit of, a, of an end time type prophecy. The night is almost gone. The day is coming. If I could use it, the day is representative of that final judgment. We're, we're at the end of, of, of history, I believe. And, and we're there. And he says, so let's get off these works of darkness and let's put on the armor of light. Matthew 6, 19 records the words of Jesus. He says that for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And the light of the body is the eye, and therefore if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. He'll either hate one and love the other, or he'll hold on to one and despise the other. It matters how we shine. If, if, if we are called to be the children of the light, if we are called to be his, if we're called, Luke chapter 11 verse 33, no man when he lights a candle puts it in a secret place. You don't put it under a bushel. You don't, but you, you don't do that. But instead, you ought to put it on a candlestick that all can come and see the light. What is the purpose of having God's presence in us and being called to be the children of the light and to follow the, the pattern that he himself set before us to be the light of this world, what would it profit us to hide the light or to darken the light? I, I want to I take a moment and I want to I deviate for just a, a minute in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. Again, I hope you're catching this theme that runs through the Bible, light and dark. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 8. For you were sometimes darkness. That's sin. That's, that's our flesh. That's when we were sinners. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Now, this is not a full list of the works of the Spirit or the fruit of the Spirit. Or the, this is not even a full list of the works of the flesh. There's other places in the Bible that talks about those, but watch what it says. You are the light in the Lord. Walk 
as children of the light and don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. By the way, notice that does not say don't have fellowship with sinners. That's not what that said. It didn't say make yourself a hermit and hide yourself away and cloister yourself away. No, it said don't hang out, don't have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Verse 12 is very interesting to me. For it is a shame to even speak of those things which were done of them in secret. Ephesus was an interesting place. Church of Ephesus where we get Ephesians. The groves of Ephesus were notorious for the shamefulness of lust that took place in there. And, and, and not that I want you to use your imagination, but I'm not going to go spell it out either. But there was a lot of things that happened in Ephesus hidden away. And, and to speak of those sins was so shameful and it was so extreme that the, the, Paul begins to write in Ephesus, if you will, that you cannot be careful enough parents, you cannot be careful enough grandparents, you cannot be careful enough people that you don't... Uh, uh, Talk about the works of darkness in such a way that it creates a desire for those that ought to stay away. I've seen this in my life. Where people have... Now, now we've got some incredible testimonies that sit in this seat. And there have been some moments that, that some of you have shared some of your testimonies. Uh, we, we've got I'm pr- pretty much I mean I don't know that we have a murderer in our midst no one's told me that yet please don't just let me exist in my own little happiness but perhaps other than murder we have every sin most likely sitting in the past somewhere on these pews I don't know that because the Bible says and such were some of us and, and, and we, 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 we've got the drug addict and we've got the drunk and we've got all of these sins on our pews. And I'm thankful for the testimony that can say, I once was lost in sin, but Jesus took me in. I'm thankful for that. But what I'm not really interested in is to sit down and hear you tell me your story of your past and there becomes a glory in some of the sin of your past and then you wonder why those coming after you start dabbling into that. It's because you did not... Uh, you, you, you did not have fe- or, or you, you had fellowship with those unfruitful works of darkness but it says the Bible says it ought to be a shame to speak of them you can say he brought me out of sin but I don't need to know all of the horrid details be careful how you handle and deal with those unfruitful works of darkness there is a very dangerous trend in our world today of tell it like it is, of let, let's be transparent, let's just throw it all out there. But I'm telling you, it, 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 it's, it's, it's not enough, uh, or, or rather, you know, it can be a dangerous thing when it comes to exposing the, the, the filthy sin of darkness that we are, if we're not careful, we advertise it and promote it when we're just trying to say we're exposing it. You need to learn to walk in the light, to denounce the sin, to denounce the darkness, and to bear fruit of the light. 
I, I will tell you that in my life, I, I, I want to make sure that I, if I'm going to speak of sin, if I'm going to speak of darkness, I'll do so. But I want to make sure it's very clear that I reprove, I rebuke, and I want to remove the darkness from my life. Because I want to shine that. So the Bible says, let's continue that, verse 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Therefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Put on that armor of light. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father which has made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood even the forgiveness of sins there is light and darkness and we're called to be children of the light I, I was joking with sister Buford because she's going to play here in a moment and give you hope that I'm about done with my sermon and, and y'all can you know say hey he's I, I hear the music you know it's, it's, it's there but uh uh, you know, I said, I'm going to preach on light and dark. You know, you can sing this little light of mine or something. But little Jane, in a, not my mother, but another little Jane in a sermon had heard the preacher preach about let your light shine. And she remembered what the sermon said, but she didn't really understand exactly what that meant. Until a mother said that if you're going to let your light shine, you need to be good, obedient, and cheerful. And later on, the next service there was a commotion in the, the, the nursery or you know that, that room and Jane had kind of gotten in trouble and she put herself in the corner and she said I just blowed myself out for those of you that don't get that we're talking about being a light in the world let your light shine she said I blew my light out you know that's a pretty good analogy that that you, 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 you don't say, oh, the devil made me do it. No, you, you blew your light out. You, you put your light under a bushel. You hid it and you, you walked away. Because the proof of your life is not going to be what you say. I'm thankful for someone who can talk. And I, I think in talk the talk. I think we ought to have an understanding and be able to enunciate the truth and enunciate what is needed but it, you, you, you can bluster and sputter and talk all you want but at the end of the day the proof is is your light shining just like one day there was a motorist that got run down at a by a train at a crossing and, and so because of that this is back before they had the you know the automated signals and because of that the, the man the signal man that was in charge of the crossing had to go to court it was his job to you know shine the light make sure everybody knows the train is coming and and he was severely cross-examined there on the stand. And he said, I waved my lantern frantically. I, I shouted, I waved my lantern, but it was no avail. The next day, the superintendent of the, uh, of the line called him and said, you know, hey, you, you did a good job yesterday on that, on that uh, you know, cross-examination stand. I was afraid that you might waver. And Tom said, no, sir. But I was afraid that old lawyer was going to ask me whether or not my lantern was lit. 
it's funny. But it, 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 it shows a, a portion of, of lives that I see all too often. You can wave it all you want. You can grab the flashlight all you want. But the question is, is the light shining? If we're living in a time where darkness rules, if we're living in a time where darkness wants to rear its ugly head, 1 Peter 2 and 9, you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. One of the greatest things that you could ever do is to say, I once was in darkness, I once was lost, I once was in sin, but Jesus Christ has filled me with his light and look at me now. First John chapter 1 and verse 4, these things we write unto you that your joy may be full. And this is the message which we have heard of him and we declare it unto you, that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. And if we say we have fellowship with him, yet we're walking in the darkness, we're lying and we don't know the truth. You can't have both. You can't have both. Jesus again said, and I, I repeat, and I'll let Sister Buford come. I, I repeat it, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. You've heard me, especially as we've been talking about the, the, the tabernacle. And we've been talking about the word of God and how important the word of God. And again, it reminds me, Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. While I 100% while, while I believe that God will shine his light through your life, if you're not using his word, you're, you're, you're walking blindly. This word illuminates. This word helps you know, am I walking in darkness or am I walking in light? And Psalms 27 gives us an incredible promise. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom should I be afraid? I told you I was going to preach from Genesis to Revelation. So we start in Genesis. Now let's get to Revelation. In the beginning, there was darkness. In the beginning, God spoke. And in speaking, light was entered into that chaotic situation. There's that, that final phrase in that that says, And he separated the light from the darkness. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says But of the times and seasons, brethren, you have no need that I write unto you For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night They'll say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them as travail upon a woman with child and they shall not escape But you, brethren and sisters, you're not in darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief but you are children of the light and children of the day. We're not of the night. We're not of darkness. So therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. For those that sleep, sleep in the night. And they that are drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet the hope of salvation. I do recognize where we're at. 
I do recognize the world and its downward slope into apostasy. I do understand that he's coming soon. I don't know when. I mean, I, it could be right now. It could be once I'm dead and gone. It could be a couple more generations. But the point is, is I'm watching. I'm not just sleeping. I'm not just going to go to sleep in my life, if you will. But I'm saying, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch. I'm going to be sober. I'm going to make sure that I'm walking in the light. If I told you tonight that at 10.03, somebody's going to come and bust down the door of your house and you know, gonna gonna walk in and, and rob you. I don't think you'd go to sleep. But if you have an alarm system, you'd crank it up. Every light in the house would be on. Furniture would be arranged in a, uh, a defensive position. Should you believe or have weapons, they would be all laid out, and you'd have extra ammunition ready to go. Those of you that's watched Home Alone, you'd have some of those traps ready to go, you know. But the point is, you're watching. I know he's coming back. I know there's going to be a, a reckoning. I know that the end time is coming, so I'm not just going to go spiritually sleep and say whatever happens, happens. I'm going to be ready, and I'm going to walk in the light. But in Matthew chapter 8, the Lord says, Many will come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew chapter 22 talks about the wedding feast. It talks about you know going out in the highways and byways and finding anyone they could because those that Jesus had invited first, those that the king had invited first had rejected it. And so he said, fine, I'll open up the invitation to anybody. And they came. There was one man that came. He didn't have a wedding garment on. But again, at the end, it's the king said to the servants, bind him in hand and foot, take him away, cast him in the outer darkness. There should be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Matthew chapter 25, the talents, parable of talents, the one who hid his talent said cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness they'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth second peter chapter 2 and verse 4 for if god spared not the angels that sinned but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness jude chapter 6 reiterates that the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of that great day and if i could bring it all back around if the beginning of creation started with darkness and an invocation of light was given and then it says, and he divided the light from the darkness. I would tell you today that at the end of time, it will be the same. Because he has spoken. He has given us the light. In a chaotic, sin-filled, broken world, light came. And he walked with us. They crucified him. They, 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 they ignored him. They threw him away. But there was a bigger plan than that. The plan of salvation once and for all. And that word is here. I have it right here. And that word has brought light into a dark world. And at the end of time, 
he will divide the light from the darkness. If you read the, the descriptions of heaven and hell, I know a lot of us, we get in our mind that hell is a, a fireball and a fiery place, and there's, there's some truth to that. But to be honest, it's more than just a fiery pit. One of the most common ways of describing hell is consistently darkness. Darkness, no light, no warmth, no communication know Jesus but look at heaven and I saw New Jerusalem coming down it talks about how bright how beautiful crystal seas and golden streets and, 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 and walls of jasper all of those their purpose is they look incredible in the light but in that city you won't find a, you're not going to find a lamp you're not going to find a flood light you're not going to find a candle. You're not going to find a sun or a moon or stars in that city. But the Bible says, for in that city is Jesus. The light, not only of the world, but the light of heaven. And so at that point, we will stand with him. We will be able to say, because we reprove the works of darkness. Because we walk not wantonly and aimlessly in a dark world because we had the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of your, your leading and not the works of this flesh because we saw the light that came and we believed the light that came and we listened to the light that came we now are the children of the light and he will say unto you welcome my good and faithful servant and he'll separate that life from the darkness would you stand with me? And so the question begs to be answered. Where are you? What is your life right now? I mean, I look out on all of us and I, I would say, and I, I think I can say it very simply, we're all children of the light. I don't see any rank sinners here. I don't see any rebellious people that are denying the light of Jesus and denying the word of Jesus. I don't see that in this place. There, there are other places I'll see it, but not here. So what I do see are people who are the light. You are the children of the light, but then it's not enough just to be the children of the light. Are you letting your light shine? And so the question tonight may, be not so, may not be so much are you, are, are you the children of the light or not? It might be more of are you letting your light shine? If the light is not shining, why? Is it under a bushel? Is it under your bed? That's what one parable says, but most likely it's probably because you've walked a little too close to the darkness. You've allowed that darkness to, to affect your light. You've got the glass globe around the lamp that's covered in soot, covered in, in, in sin, and the light can't shine, and because of that, there's no, no direction. Do you reprove the works of darkness, or do you walk in the works of darkness? Because there is coming a day in which darkness and light will be separated, and there's not going to be any halfway point. 
you're either going to be light or dark. In our in this day and age, that's really hard to, to, to put such an absolute, but that's how absolute it is. You're either going to be light or dark. And light is either going to completely remove the darkness from your life or darkness, you will allow darkness to push the light out and just a little bit of, of, of darkness means all darkness. There's no gray area in that. And so I want you to just close your eyes for just a moment. And I want you to let the Lord speak to you. And I want you to speak to the Lord as well. And I want to ask you, and where are you? Are you light or are you dark? Would you pray? Father, we love you. And Lord, I bless you and I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for